0: Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. feel like preaching anyways. Uh, I want to speak a little bit of the God of impossibilities. The God of impossibilities. Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 32 and you can open it up and we're going to roll down to verse 17 and it's always good to be in the house of the living. I don't see anyone dead in this house. I see people that are alive and people that are fighting and people that are aggressive and people that don't want to look back they just want to go forward when you think about jeremiah the bible says that before he was able formed god said i already knew you and i ordained you to the nations to preach so everybody has a purpose when you were born you have a purpose And his purpose will be revealed as we move on in the Lord slowly but surely. But Jeremiah was called just like all of us. But every one of us have a purpose and have something to do in this world. But Jeremiah had a task. And it wasn't just an easy task. It was a hard task. And he was challenged. And he had to take a message to the king. And it wasn't good news, it was bad news. And the man had to stand up in the spirit that he was in and obey God and not listen to himself. Because sometimes we listen to ourselves so much that we don't do anything for God. We can't afford to be listening to ourselves. We are people of faith and we walk by faith and not by sight. So that means that we're going to have some tough times Just like Jeremiah uh, Jeremiah had, that task was bringing him hard times. He preached for years, and nobody got saved. Nobody liked him. Nobody, everybody ignored him. And yet, he had to obey God. The only voice that he was hearing was the voice of God. And sometimes when we go through tough times, we got to listen to the voice of God. Sometimes people say the wrong things at the wrong time, but we have to listen to God. Sometimes God tells us to do something, and everybody opposes us. We still have to do what God wants us to do. It's like living in Jeremiah's day, because it was a tough message to deliver to the king. And the message was, the nation is going to fall into the enemies of God, into the enemies. This nation is going down. That was his message. Second of all, his people would be taken captive. They were all going to be taken captive, no longer living there, but living as slaves. So he had to deliver this message in this difficult time and stand before royalty and say, Thus says the Lord, I got a bigger king than you. And my king is saying, This is the warning. The enemy is going to take you down and you're going captive because you didn't want to obey what God was saying. So Jeremiah had a positive attitude in prison. A positive attitude in prison. You see, if you think you're the only one locked up, Jeremiah was locked up doing time. And just because he brought a message to the king. And he had the confidence in God that God was going to deliver him out of the prison. And God had guaranteed him that if God be for you, who can be against you, Jeremiah? And the promises of God were yea and amen to the glory of God. And he says this man kept on praying even though when everybody turned against him, he was still praying. He was a praying machine. You could always tell if you're a good man or a good woman is that you don't stop praying just because things go bad. You get more aggressive, you get more furious, and you begin to pray more and not listen to yourself. Come on, we need some family like that that will pray regardless of what you feel. Because we are not creatures that are living by sight or by feelings, but by the Word of God. So my point here number 1 is Jeremiah had confidence in God. Listen to Jeremiah 32 verse 17. Hey yeah the Lord God behold thou art thou that made the heavens and the earth by the by thy great power and stretched out arms there is nothing too hard for thee. This is God speaking to Jeremiah. He says, there is nothing too hard. If I can stretch out my hands, I will. But there is nothing too hard for the Lord. Tell your neighbor, there's nothing too hard for God. So you could be going through situations in your life and you could say, man, I'm going through hard times. Listen, you're not in prison. You're out free. The things that you're going through are really small things compared to this man. So let's have a hallelujah party and let's rejoice in the Lord and put our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our lives. Because God has created you. You see, what convinced Jeremiah is when he read Genesis that God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. And when he read that, he understood that the word of God was so powerful that if he created every single thing... Especially the heavens and the earth, because when you look up at nighttime, you see all the stars. You see all the beauty of God. You see all the trees. You see everything that God made. You know that there, we serve a powerful God, because we understand that He is the creator of every single thing. And if He created us, then we ought to live by that purpose, that we have a purpose with God because He created us. So thou hast made the heavens and the earth, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Say it with me. There is nothing too hard for thee. Say it again. There is nothing too hard for thee. Say it again. There is nothing too hard for thee. So this is, this is, this gives you the ability to pick up your dukes and start fighting spiritually. You just don't faint when everything goes wrong. You pick up your dukes in the faith of God Said, I'm picking up my whole armor and I'm going to do some battles with the, the, the enemy. But he is not going to control my destiny. God is going to control my destiny. Because there is nothing too hard for thee. You're a miracle-working God that created every single thing that I see. And if you created everything that I see, then I can look to you and say, You are the author and the finisher of my faith. So you are full of God. Psalms 91 is a powerful psalms. And let me read that real quickly. 91, verse 1, out of the book of Psalms. And as soon as I find it, I'll read it for you. Let's see, put it up, Rudy. Yeah, there you go. No, Psalms 91 verse 1, Rudy, please. Or also, Is that it? No, that's not it. Thank you, Rudy. There it is. Hey. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Come on. Uh, have you ever been in hot weather and you got to hide underneath a tree just to get that shade? It's the same thing with God. When things get hot, run and hide underneath his shadow. because that is where you can relax and feel good about yourself because He is a God that He will protect you from any enemy that comes your way. That's why God is called, calls you to redemption. The redemption to get you out of your sin and give you a brand new mind because he has redeemed you. How many here are redeemed by God? I am redeemed by God. I don't think the way I used to think. My mind is totally different now because I have a redeemer that redeemed me out of darkness and placed me upon a solid rock and gave me a brand new mind and gave me brand new ears to hear the word of God and gave me a hunger that it is stirred up inside of me that I can't stop talking about Jesus because your bones are burning with the fire of God so jeremiah had that going inside of his life he was just not an ordinary preacher he was an amazing preacher and he was bold as a lion and he says i'm standing before the king and i'm going to tell him exactly what god said to me and i don't care what he does to me i'm going to keep on running and i'm going to keep on saying it and i'm going to keep on walking and i'm going to live what he wants me to say because once it's in you, you say what he says, and it keeps you alive. Because it's in you. Second of all, the Lord asked a question. Turn with me to Jeremiah now, 32 again. Here's the question that God asked him. Behold, I am the Lord, that God of all flesh, and there is nothing too hard for me. And he was saying that to Jeremiah. Because he was questioning. He says, hey, there is nothing too hard for me. Is there anything too hard for God? No. Listen, I've been in bad situations. And by faith, I had to stand. Even though I didn't understand it, but I had to stand. I remember I went to court. I had 10 warrants. 10 warrants. And at that time, all the prisoners sat behind and they had to put you on the, on the platform, on the little platform that they had, and they would bring you before the judge. And the judge asked me, is there anything that you would like to say, Reuben? I said, yes, Your Honor, I would like to say these words, Judge, to the judge. I said, I was lost. I made a mistake. And I am very sorry about breaking the law. But if you give me one more chance, and I could hear the vatos in the back. <laughs> They're going to put him in jail. And I could hear the noise going on. I said, I mean it. God changed my life, your honor. And if God changed my life, I give you my word that I will never come back to this courthouse. And all the guys, whoo, you know, he thinks he's going to get away. I could hear him in the back. And then the judge says, I grant you freedom. He let me out. I walked out. And when I walked out through the doors, I told all the guys, that there, watch home, homie. I'm out of here. They couldn't believe that God worked a miracle for me right in front of their eyes. Even my own wife couldn't believe that it happened. But when the Lord's hand is upon you, there ain't nothing that can stop you. Say with me, I'm anointed by God. And I have power with God. Because I, have a, I am the son of God. And in the name of Jesus, my circumcise will be shut down in the name of Jesus. Now give them a clap offering. Hallelujah. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. Nothing to heart. Do you believe that there is nothing to heart? Do you really, really believe that? Sometimes the enemy will get into everything. While you're faithful, he will get into everything. You'll lose your job. And the enemy will sit on your shoulder and give you a hickey. Look at you. Look at you. You lost your job and you say that your God is great. And you got to tell the devil, shut up. In the name of Jesus, get off of my shoulder. Stop getting into my ear. And you got to keep on walking. And even though you say that, sometimes he is persistent. And you got to be more stubborn. you got to be stubborn as a mule when it decides to sit down. The only way you can get a mule up is by hitting him with a 2 by 4 right in front of his face. Well, let me tell you something. It's going to take more than that for us to be stopped by the enemy. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We serve a God that is alive, that is so Terrible! that we need to fight back when he hits us so hard we need to fight back and say no 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 i became a fighter i am not a sissy no more i don't i am not gonna melt down to the pressure i'm gonna get up and i'm gonna fight and i'm gonna see the glory of god flow through my life and you gotta you gotta be that sometimes is there anything too hard for me Now, he's saying that to a man that went to jail because he was questioning. And God said, I'm the God that made the flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? I can do anything. And while he was there in jail, he was battling, battling. Because in solitary, you start going crazy when you're by yourself. How many here have ever been by yourself and you start talking to yourself? You never talk to yourself. We all talk to ourselves. And sometimes when, you, when, when those thoughts contradict what is inside of you, it upsets you and you make up your mind that you're not going to pay attention to those things because there isn't anything too hard for the Lord and you're just going to spark up inside of your life. You need that. You need that. I remember when I just got saved, man, the fire of the Holy Ghost hit me. I only spent seven days in the home. I was out there, and I I came, and, and then I ended up two days later in Bible school at nighttime. And I took my wife with me, and both of us were there in the Bible school learning about God. My hunger could not be quenched. Is there anything too hard for me when he puts the hunger in you? Not even the devil can turn it off. Why? Because now you're being redesigned by a God that is full of fire and power that lives inside of you. We do not serve a Mickey Mouse. Little God. We don't serve a Diosito. We serve an awesome God and a powerful God that is going to see us through no matter what we go through. But it has to be inside of you. Sometimes you just got to get crazy. I don't know if you ever gotten crazy at home. Uh, Devil, you ain't going to have your way. And you start speaking to that old devil and say, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. I am going through crazy stuff in my mind. I don't want it in my mind. And in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb, cleanse my mind right now. Boom. And then you hit the throne of God and you start weeping like a little baby because you touched The hem of his garments. And you just went, wow. You felt that supernatural power. I'm coming, hallelujah. See, God wants to know if you can believe that his hand is bigger than anything else. He says, with an outstretched hand, I can do anything. His hands are huge compared to our little tiny little hands. Right now, while you're sitting here, or while you're listening to me, he's embracing you. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything that you're doubting? I'm going to take care of it. If those bills are right there in front of you and pointing the finger, is there anything too hard? I'm going to take care of you, mijita. I'm going to take care of you, mom and dad. I'm going to take care of your little children. I'm going to clothe them when they don't have any clothes. I'm going to clothe them. I'm going to give them every single thing because there's nothing too hard for me. I got six kids and we were making like $25 a month. And yet we were happy. We went to the willy willy. The Willy Willy. I told Stella, well, let's go to the Willy Willy because we can buy anything cash. And nobody's going to come and take our furniture. We bought our furniture. I painted it. Whatever color she wanted, I painted it. And I said, okay, princess, whatever we got here is yours. And then we buy the little dresses for our kids. Nobody knows this. And the little shoes. My kids look good. The clothes were washed. They were clean. Their hair was combed. Their ears, their wax was out. Their mocos were out. Everything was sharp in them. They looked. Nobody ever knew that we went to the willy-willy. We loved the willy-willy. How many know what the willy-willy is? The second hand, hallelujah. There's nothing wrong with that. But at least we owned everything. Nobody was going to take our furniture away, my refrigerator away, my stove away. Not even the air conditioner, hallelujah. Everything belonged to us. Did God make a way? Yes, He did. With the little that we had, slowly we bought everything. Now my kids are spoil spoil. It's okay. I'm glad. I'm glad. But they know what it is to suffer. And you appreciate everything that you have. I'm not saying to go to the willy willy. You can go. But if you want to afford something else, that's okay. It's okay. Can you say Amen? Are you with me? Let me turn to the book of Luke, book of Luke, chapter one. Because I'm getting carried away here. Hallelujah. Because if we serve a God that his, nothing is impossible for Him. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And here He talks about Mary in chapter one of the book of Luke, verse, verse thirty-four. Verse thirty-four. And this is about, well, let me read it. Then said Mary unto the angel. Now Mary is communicating with an angel. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? In other words, God said, you're going to have a baby. The seed is there. You're going to have a baby. And so, she says, how shall this be, seen? I not know a man? I haven't even had sex with a man. And now you're telling me I'm going to have a baby. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Then verse 35, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Most High shall overshadow thee. And therefore all also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Come on, the Holy Ghost shall come over thee. Come on now. We got the Holy Ghost inside of us. Come on, say it with me. I got the Holy Ghost inside of me. Say it again. I got the Holy Ghost inside of me. Say it again. I got the Holy Ghost inside of you. Inside of me. So why are you doubting? Why are you suffering? When God says, I'll take care of it when the Holy Ghost has come upon thee. And the the, the baby that you're going to have is the son of God. That's a miracle. Is there anything too hard for me? Nothing is too hard for God. So don't you dare sit down and start doubting everything just because you're seeing chaos in front of you. But remember this, you do not, don't do anything when chaos is in front of you. Wait until the chaos is done and then you can see clearly and then you will see the miracle of God because you never build in the middle of a storm. You wait until the storm is over, and then you start building. So come on now, I have the Holy Ghost. Say it with me, I got the Holy Ghost. Come on, Conchile, I got the Holy Ghost. So if you got the Holy Ghost, what does that mean? There is no limit of what you can do. There is no limit. So you want to look at your house, you got to look at your things. We're not talking about money, though. Now we're talking about miracles. And if we need money, let's speak it out to God. He will bring it to pass. We were stuck in the middle of the desert one day. Me and Stella, we had an old VW van. It was our first daughter angel that we had. She used to be in the back singing. That's when they allowed you to open the back doors of the van. And they could. I would put a big old mattress there. And she was singing away to all the Beatles songs. And it was 110, and the Volkswagens, they, once they get that hot, it's gone. Well, we broke right in the highway, and we were born again. And Stella says, well, let's pray, because that engine is blown. I said, well, let's pray. Why not? Let's get down to some serious prayer. And it was so hot that you could see the waves of heat. How many have ever seen those waves of heat? And we're stuck. No cars were coming around. I said, Lord, help us. We need a miracle here. We can't even push this van. We can't do nothing to it. And we finished praying. And I went back underneath the engine to see if there was anything there that I could do. There was nothing I could do. Here comes this big, beautiful car coming down the road. I could remember the color it was beautiful green. It was a Jaguar I could see the jag right on top of it. And the guy's got a tie and a white shirt, elegant band, and he swings out and he just parks it back of me. And he gets off of the car, he's cool, we're sweating everything. He says, What happened? I said, Well, the engine blew. And he went underneath the engine with his white shirt, took off his tie, went underneath the engine. He said, Yeah, it's blown. He says, let's, let's go get get your wife and your daughter, get in the car. Let's go over to one of the mechanics. And he says, whatever they charge you, I will pay for it cash. <laughs> Thank you, Philip. <laughs> You're always on time, baby. So we went all the way over there, and there was nobody there, but only a little place that had a... One of those towing trucks. So they towed our van there. And the man said, well, all I can do is leave you some money here and take care of it. And we slept there. We met some Indian people. And they allowed us to stay with them. They're in one house. They gave us an old house. We stood there. Me, Angel, and Stella, we stood there. And we started praying. Next morning, the miracle was there. They fixed our car. We spent a couple of days, but we didn't spend a single penny. This guy must have been an angel for him to get underneath my van with a white shirt and provide for us. You know that's got to be God. So is there anything too hard for the Lord? Anything too hard? Even if you're in prison right now, maybe somebody's watching me on facebook or something even if you're in prison let me tell you something god's right there with you in the prison just like it was for jeremiah he's right there in the prison for you and he's about to do a miracle for you and all of us that are hearing and seeing god is going to create miracles this week come on somebody Hey, today is Thursday, but Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, get ready for miracles, hallelujah. Get ready for the power of God to hit your house and to have revival in your house and to sense the glory of God all over you. Because we got to jump a little bit, hallelujah. We got to get crazy sometimes and say, God, I am crazy already, so I might as well be more crazy for you. We need that because sometimes we need a little push. Because how are you, brother? Uh, I'm okay. You're not okay. You need to look up. We serve a God that's upstairs, not down here. The devil's down here. God is upstairs. Come on, somebody, stop worrying. Tell your neighbor. Stop worrying, neighbor. Mm-hmm. You need to relax. Put it on drive. Whatever you said was funny, okay. And relax. (laughs) Relax. Don't panic. Relax. Have you ever seen how we act when we panic? Nobody sees us, you know. Nobody sees us, right? But boy, do we panic. When the wife gets going to talking, you're in trouble. Now you got panic and you got a wife that's talking a lot. And you got to be a man that says, you know what, I'm going to seek God for my family and I'm going to operate in faith now. I'm going to operate in faith because when you operate in faith, means that you relax and you have a different mindset. Your mindset is totally different. Third of all, God calls us to call upon him. Jeremiah, let me go back to the Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 1, 2, and 3, to call upon him. Especially verse three. Call unto me and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knoweth not. Say it with me, call unto me, and I will answer thee. And show you great and mighty things which thou knoweth not. Woo! Even what you don't know, I'll sweep it in. <laughs> just like a broom. I'll sweep it in, baby. Even what you don't know, I'm going to sweep it in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how much I can do for you. But you got to call on me. I want you to lift up your hands right now, okay? Lift them up both. And say with me, in the name of Jesus, I am calling you right now on the hotline. In the name of Jesus, I need a miracle in my house. I need a miracle in my finances. I need a miracle in my body. In the name of Jesus, take care of my kids because they're going crazy. In the name of Jesus, give them peace, oh God. I believe in you and I call on you to do mighty things. Now give them a clap offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was in prison when this scripture appeared to him. And going through a lot. They put him in cesspools. Where if you would turn on a match. It would fire it all up. He lived there in a cesspool also. And yet he didn't give up. This man is the only one that never saw anybody saved. But was tortured the most. And yet. These scriptures were coming in the middle of the trial. How many know that God speaks to you in the middle of the fire, in the middle of the trial? That's when it gets good. That's when it gets good. But we, we, we're, we're cowards. we cowards. We just don't like to stand against the wind. We just want to run because that's all we did for all our life. We got to stand up. And say, you know what, I'm taking it like a man, I'm taking it like a woman. But I'm going to see that God's going to do a miracle in my life because I am not quitting. I am not quitting. Take the limits off of God. Come on, right now, just take the limits off of your brain, off of your spirit, off of your heart. Take the limits off. Let me read this whole thing, verse 1, 2, and 3. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while well, he was yet shut in the court of the prison, saying, Thus says the Lord, the maker thereof, and the Lord that formed it and established it. The Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Wow. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that a blessing? This man is going through it, and God is illustrating it through Scripture so that we could be encouraged and that if he went through it, yet God pulled him out. You think Jeremiah is not kicking back with Stella right now? Come on. The crowd of witnesses are kicking back right there saying, yeah. Yeah. God can do it again. We're praying for that little church over there. We're praying for those people over there, living word. We're praying for revival. That revival just hits them. Hallelujah. I believe that's going on right now. I believe it. Hallelujah. Mighty things can happen when you pray. Even when we lifted up our hands, you could feel the shifting of the atmosphere. Something beautiful begins to take place. Because we all agree to one thing and the enemy gets upset. But it's okay. Let's get them more upset by our action, by our words, by our praises to God. As the musicians come forward, uh, we need to claim these promises. Thousands of people, millions of people have claimed this scripture. It's time to claim it. It's time to memorize it. It's time to place it in our hearts. And it's time to be like Jeremiah. I am not looking back. I am going to be moving forward regardless of how God, how hard it gets. Can you give the Lord a clap offering? God is good. Hallelujah. God is good. Stand with me. Would you stand with me? Come on, stand with me. And I want you to lift up your hands, you know. Let's lift them up again. Let's lift them up again. Let me see this place just full. Come on, by our actions, we are attracting the Spirit of the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray for all the church people right here. I just pray your blessing upon them. You said there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So, Father, we're not feeling condemned today. We are feeling encouraged that you're going to do mighty things, that you're going to heal our bodies, that you're going to accomplish miracles on our behalf, that you're going to meet the needs that we have, Lord. And right now, the biggest need that we have, Lord, is that you take over our lives, that you allow us to mature so that we can understand all your ways, Father. Right now, come upon us just like you came upon Mary, the Holy Ghost, with all the power. Come upon us and change our lives, oh God. And right now, we cry to you. Would you just speak in tongues or just express yourself to him? Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you right now. We're expressing our faith because we love you. We glorify you. Thank you for your awesome, awesome presence, oh God. Thank you for being so good to us. And yet, when we're so bad, yet you still love us. I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Now give the Lord a good clap offering. Come on, just give him a good clap offering. Maybe you need prayer tonight. Maybe you need a miracle tonight. Maybe the Lord picked up your spirit and all of a sudden you feel alive again. It's time to give him praise. It's time to just say, come on, God, you could do anything, so do it to me. I want to make this altar call. I want you to come. If you need prayer, if you've been going through stuff, I want you to come right now and just Come and stand here and say, you know what, God, I'm going to surrender my life to you. With everything i got, I'm just going to surrender. Who cares who's looking? I don't care who's looking. What I care is that God will look upon me. That's what I care about. Go ahead and sing.